Hey guys, welcome to the Tech People Podcast. My name is Ken Coyne. I'm your host and founder, as well as head of technology at Ops Talent. I believe at the heart of any success story are the people who made it happen. Diversity, creativity, and innovation, when nurtured in people, can lead to an unbeatable formula. I created this podcast to share the experiences of some truly inspirational leaders on their journey to success. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, and welcome back. Today, I'm really excited to be talking about Hyperloop. Now, this originally started with Elon Musk, who did a PDF on the subject, and then a number of different companies got involved and actually started building the project out. For those of you who don't know what Hyperloop is, this is a mode of transport that transports people or goods at an extremely high speed. Now, today, I'm delighted to be joined by Paul from the Hyperloop Transportation Technology Company. And we're going to talk all about this subject, learn about where it came from, uh, where it's going to. We're also going to briefly touch on Hyperloop in Poland. And there's also a Hyperloop project in the Netherlands and Italy and America. So welcome to the podcast, Paul. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ken. Thank you for coming on board. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I spoke to an entrepreneur about space technology. So I'm very excited to learn about today all about Hyperloop. And I, you know, I've, I know of the subject, but I don't know about the details of it. But before I start, it'd be great just to learn a bit who, I mean, who are you and what are you doing today? Right. Well, I appreciate that. I'm a really a veteran of the telecommunications industry, kind of the um, telecom industry from the 1990s forward. And I joined up with uh, Dirk Allborn in 2014 when he put out a crowdsource bid, of, as it were, um, to be part of Hyperloop Transportation Technologies, a company he had founded. Okay. And about one or two years before that, Elon Musk had put out a PDF that explained the concept of the Hyperloop and what it is. And it, it's the you know tube transportation system where a cap capsule would be transported at uh, just sub Mach 1, which is about the speed of a 747, through tube and either uh, with inert material packages, that sort of thing, and or eventually people. And it would, in theory, be carbon neutral, very fast, hyper-efficient, and get away from a lot of the carbon emission issues that we're having right now all over the world. We started that in, uh, like I was saying, uh, Los Angeles International Airport was an original, right nearby was a, an office we had. Then it moved to L- UCLA Design Center. Okay. And then it kept growing and eventually ended up in Culver City, California. And during, in the midst of that time, Dirk and eventually a Bebop Gresta, who joined the team about a year or two afterward in 2014, the three of us, plus many other many, many other people who wanted to be part of the early effort, the core 100, as I call it, joined in basically primarily in California, but then across the United States, Canada, and and eventually Europe, Eastern Europe specifically. Uh, Dirk, being a banker by training, really wanted to take advantage of some of the quality engineering and software talents that were to be found in Eastern Europe specifically. And so he went into Slovakia, I believe around 2015, 2016, and really tapped into their talent and was very successful in doing so. And because of that, I believe we have about 26 patents now 
many, a uh, few of which were derived from the efforts in Slovakia. So it was really good, good effort there. Since that time, we've evolved and grown. Some of my early efforts were to be route optimization manager for the Hyperloop for North America, looking at some of the routes that would be best. What I determined was a classic route between Orange County, California, if you know where that is. Yes. Near Disneyland. Okay. Yeah. Mouse ears on. <laughs> all the way out to Las Vegas. <laughs> right. Exactly. We can tell Disneyland jokes all day. Yeah. Once you leave Orange County and go east, there's not much there. So it was a very good route to get people who wanted to go, you know, have a fun time in Vegas, which there's right. probably more Europeans now and, and Asians there than actually people who live in the local area. Yeah. So getting to Vegas with the Hyperloop meant you could get on board, you know, get on board the Hyperloop in the capsule, whether sober or not. <laughs> Probably not a lot of times, uh, which cuts down on DUIs. You get there in about 30 minutes and then... Uh, As opposed to, time. I mean, that's 30 minutes. What would a normal journey take it? Yeah, uh, about three hours, three to four hours. A lot of people I know, they'll do about 120. Well, I should say about 200 kilometers per hour. I'll put in metric here for everybody and get there in about two hours if you want to live and you're drunk, you are inebriated, you want to uh, go about uh, maybe 80 clicks an hour and get there in about four hours. But So to be able to get to uh, Vegas from Southern California in about 30 minutes, 15, 20, 30 minutes, it's a major breakthrough. And so I saw that route, I planned it out, and I really proposed that early on. What's ironic is we, once our company really grew and we started bidding, we won the uh, Dubai Abu Dubai contract. I think in 2016 we beat out Virgin Hyperloop or Sir Richard Branson's uh, company. Yes. I'll give him his appellation. He's uh. a nightmare. But he turned around and took the Vegas route from us and went ha 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 ha. He um, underwrote the Virgin Hyperloop. He renamed it, and after Bram Barogren, who's from SpaceX, jumped uh, ship. Yes. He basically underwrote uh, the route that I had you know, planned out. I mean, everybody could see where it was supposed to go. So it wasn't really, you know, top secret. And so he, t he got that, but I, kudos to him. He's a pretty, he's a good guy. I don't know what the Europeans think. I remember the Brits, no, but no, we like out here, he's got a very good reputation. Well, he did the uh, white Knight flyer too, but up in the Mojave desert, but that's another story. But so that's kind of where it's gone, at least in the United States. We have that effort. We did a lot of route optimization in the early days. Now, a lot of our efforts in North America are focused on the Great Lakes. The Great Lakes Project is what we call it. It came out about a year, year and a half ago, and it's building in America's industrial heartland and up, even reaching up into Canada to Toronto, wow. using steel that's local, labor that's local, a lot of local talent and stuff. And the dirt went up in there and really kind of hit the ball running you know, rubber meets the road kind of thing. And I think they really were happy to see this enterprising young German banker because many of the people there are, their backgrounds are German, Polish and whatnot. So it was kind of like a real nice, like, hey, here's this yeah. kid comes from the old country. What has he got to sell? Hey, this yeah, is yeah. great. Yeah, we could build this for you. This is great, man. Cool, great. And, you know, really that's doing well right now. As far as the European efforts, 
Andreas de Leon is our current CEO for the European effort, and he has overseen a lot of the efforts in Dubai to solidify that contract that Bebop Gresta was able to lay the framework for and do very well at. And uh, there is a test track in Toulouse, I believe, right around that area. I don't have a map and I'm not French, yeah, so... <laughs> but. I got a D in high school French, so that shows what I know. <laughs> well, I know I because seen... my rugby days, I mean, they've got a big rugby team there, so that's how I know. There you go. Okay, yeah. No, the, the French definitely play rugby, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the French have a, an aerospace industry that is equal to, or it's where they build the Airbus. It's very much on par with the United States aerospace industry. And so Durek and Bebop were able to park much of the efforts in Toulouse and also northern Spain. And they brought in Andres de Leon as a local to manage that effort. And it's uh, going very well. The idea is with the Hyperloop, people want to conceptualize it, is to take a, a tube, draw it out of the air, and take a Learjet or smaller commercial jet. In North America, we have the Learjet, I'm sure, in yes. Europe equivalent. Take the wings off, put it in the tube with people, and then go at sub Mach 1. Just imagine the, the physics and, and the engineering there. That's essentially what it is. Okay. And hopefully a zero carbon footprint effort at that. And that's kind of where it's at now. Um, we have 28 does, patents. Does it make a difference if it's on the ground or over ground? Or? You know, that's a good question. The general idea is to put it on pylons that are about nine, nine to five meters concrete pylons in the air and then shoot the, the capsule through the tube, which I think is, I would say the circumference is probably about a meter, two meters, okay? okay? And just let this thing go. There's certain physical effects and stuff that slow it down. The faster you go, you have the forward air pressure. I forgot, it's, there's a Polish scientist who had this thing called the, I'll call it the D effect. I forgot what it is. It's okay. really no, no, a Winsky effect. But other than that, that thing works really well. It does bear out. It is going to work. It does work in the uh, lab. Elon Musk, being an engineer, was able to demonstrate that. So much of his PDF stands up as uh, engineering fact. So it's all good. Yeah. But he was looking at to doing something on the ground. Was that my understanding to reduce the traffic? Oh, in correct. Um, you know, he's he's out here in Los Angeles. Yeah. You know. And he's doing his boring company. And I don't mean dull and stupid. I mean, yes. <laughs> B-O-R-I-N-G. And he's literally digging down to put his cars, pretty smart guy, in the tubes and transport them along. But that's not the Hyperloop per se. That's not the hermetically okay. sealed tubes. But he actually went down, the urban legend or the, the word on the street is he went down to the University of Texas with his own desires to have his own Hyperloop as well, just to so, show the world that he wasn't just out of the game. And I think he's doing some stuff at U of T with their engineering team down there in Texas. But you know, he, he's busy running, running his rocket company, SpaceX, and his car company, Tesla. So he's got a lot of hands in different pots. Yeah, and it's, 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 smoking pot too. So <laughs> he's, he's got to stay focused. I heard the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay. And he, he's a good guy. He's just yeah, overweight. Yeah, yeah. But he's, we're glad he's becoming a fixture in Southern California. He's, he's Canadian, quote unquote. And so he's welcome to come from the Northland and bring <laughs> his ideas. But uh, he's Canadian, but he, he's born in South Africa. But his, after his brother and he sold off PayPal, they really turned around to some great stuff with their money. So we're really happy to have them in, in North America. 
I'll use broad strokes there. So, yeah. yeah. So, the, I mean, the benefits so really are speed, zero carbon. Um, what's, the, what, I mean, what's the downside of this hyperloop project, or do we know at this stage? I would say at this point, it's untested. Yeah. And I don't mean on a test track. I mean is with all technologies, look at the 20th century. When I mean, I remember talking to my grandfather, and I said, passed away quarter century ago. But say, Grandpa, what did you guys think of those people in early airplanes? He said, we thought they were crazy. And, you know, half of them died, you know, crashing in these funky yeah. airplanes. And this is after the Wright brothers. Yes. When they were still trying to make the plane safer and stuff, we th- he just said, we thought they were crazy. And, you know, this is a man who was a, a salesman for General Electric selling x-rays in the 1920s, you know, right? When it was really an unestablished thing. And I think the idea is, is that everybody's excited. It's great. Yeah, that's cool. Who wants to ride in it first? Yeah. And I don't think we're going to get a big show of hands <laughs> because it's like, it's a sub Mach 1. It's fast. I mean, and I mean, you need to have oxygen in the, in the capsule. You don't want to black out. It's going to be, you're going to be a test pilot. I mean, like I said, it's not a roller coaster and it's not a, how should I say it? it it's a, you're riding in a hermetically sealed tube, a fast. So you're going to need air. You don't want to black out. You don't want to take real fast curves. I noticed when I did the root optimization, it was a lot of the engineering numbers came in and it, you, you got to be careful. So my, in my opinion, we should be putting packages and inert things in there. FedEx, UPS will probably take an interest in it. It'll get, you know, it'll, it'll disrupt the trucking industry most assuredly, but eventually we'll put people in there and uh, it'll be exciting. It'll be fun, but it is proven, but it is the general public doesn't, hasn't embraced it yet. That is to say they haven't assimilated it. Technological assimilation is, you know, never, nobody now thinks about the internet as being like wild and crazy, but you know, back in 1989 or I should say the mid nineties trying to get people to invest in it, they thought we were nuts. So, you know, same thing. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Like any new technology, but how about commercials then, Paul? I mean, cause to the, I can only imagine the infrastructure and the investment to make it mainstream then. Yep. No, if funding is a big thing, I, I think that's why when you look at this, going to countries that have, or places that have some money and some funding, but are looking for premier or emergent technologies where there is nothing there now, or I should say there is not a national transportation system or a rail system, which is the case in many Arab countries, Dubai specifically. They pretty much embraced it because they said, yeah, well, we, we have no rail system. We have trucks and we've got an open desert. You know, welcome. It was kind of like Vegas all over again. And uh, Dubai, I've never been there, but I want to go. I know that, that these beautiful, shiny cities and they want to be in the 21st century yeah. and they're not going to lay down a, a 19th century rail system. They want to put in light rail at least, if not better. And so they, it was a natural marriage to get our tube-based transportation system in there. So it's all good. So what, in terms of that project then, I mean, what, what stage are you at? You know what? I would guide anybody who's interested to look at the Hyperloop TT website. It'll give a, an exact time frame. I know we've signed all the contracts and whatnot. Andreas is the main negotiator, so I can't really speak to it, but it is definitely a reality. I would also encourage people to look at the Great Lakes project that Hyperloop TT is working on. And we have signed a lot of the contracts for the paperwork, I'll, I'll say paperwork, mm. for as well. Dirk is the main man on that, Dirk Allborn, 
an associate or a friend of mine, and he's my boss, I guess. Yeah, he is my boss, excuse me. He's, I, I, it's, I good to, it's good to clarify like, these things. He <laughs> level, and then my, I'm like two ranks down. So if, right. I, if he was my general, I'd be his captain. Something right. like that. Right. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I have to look at the flow chart again. But definitely, it's something that's very well developed now. And it's out of the box. It's beyond just, you know, dreams and, you know, California dreaming. We made the yeah. joke certainly on. It went from California dreaming to being like real stuff. And I really thank the French and the Spaniards, man. They went with this stuff. And I talk with them a lot. I speak to them in my broken taco, taqueria Spanish from Southern California. And they kind of laugh, you know. Yeah. But uh, some wonderful people in Spain, Italy, France. I feel for them right now. They're in lockdown. But these mm-hmm. people are fighting to get this thing forward, to make it happen. And um, the Dutch are doing very well. What's interesting to know about the Dutch is they were, you know, Elon Musk, Uncle Elon has his his space, his pod competition every year. He's had it since I think it was 2014 down in Los Angeles here. And the Dutch team, the uh, Delft, I think it was Delft Hyperloop, they were a pod team uh, out in college, uh, not but four years ago, I think it was. And I, I was just watching them. You know, they're like, came out here, like, oh, hey, congratulations, you made it out to LA. Yeah, sure, cool. <laughs> just thought they're just students and they'll yeah. go get jobs and, you know, with like some other company. Well, no, they started their own company and the Dutch government gave them a, a chunk of change and they're building their Hyperloop now. So talk about, you know, come true. So it, you too can run your own Hyperloop company. Yeah, yeah, pretty to me, yeah, because I honestly, when I, because I first came across when I saw Elon Musk and, when they spoke about at that time with Los Angeles. Uh, and then I came across it again more recently when I learned about this company in Warsaw, Hyperpoland. Yep. I said, be, and that's how I came across you then to learn more about Hyper yeah. in general, the, the topic and where it's going. Because, you know, Poland is quite advanced in terms of new and emerging tech now. And it was amazing to see it in Poland as well. I don't know how much you know about that project. You know, it, I've gotten to know the Polish team in the last, you know, four to six months now. They look like a great bunch of people. Know what they're doing. That is to say, the technology. I don't want to say it's established. It it's an open source piece now with the PDF. But I think the Polish team is going at it in the right way. They're seeking funding, and okay. um, they've obviously got some bankers on board. They've got some technologists, but most importantly, they have a lot of bankers or finance people. Excuse me. And I I, I think they're doing it right. I look at their posts on LinkedIn, and I I give them congratulations, and I've linked up with them and I'm just saying, Hey, that's great. You know, and you know, the standards for this technology need to be established, obviously uh, in a European metric based system to begin with North America will probably have a variation on that, but it would be great to see the Polish team, Hyperloop Italia, my friend Bebop and Hyperloop TT uh, work together on at least, you know, come to some agreements and stuff and create something greater than they would otherwise synergistically yeah that sounds so, awesome makes sense that you go with a global yep. initiative not just you know local yeah. and even well i think it's actually europeans historically having the fact that they're having to cooperate because they're literally right next to each other in each yeah. other's faces i think there's a natural tendency to do that that'll be nice to see and then hopefully that bleeds over into the north american effort obviously with canada and the united states we have so much so many relations I know we'll ha- we'll definitely have to cooperate when we put the Great Lakes project together. Just you know, that's me standing back and looking at the bigger picture. So yeah, right. 
And in terms of the Hyperloop then, I mean, you mentioned there the 26 patents. Is it evolving even further or is it still focused purely on this high-speed transportation of this tube or capsule, so to speak? Well, that's what the Hyperloop is. Hyperloop is really a tube-based system with the pod and then using air and solar panel technology for pumps and whatnot to transport it sub Mach 1. Other than that, you know, yeah, I mean, we've got, I think I said I was going to buy one of their t-shirts and walk around with it. So people walk up to me and say, oh yeah, I'm on the Hyperloop team and <laughs> do some social, uh, you know, social media, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. which I do readily right now. Beyond that, as far as technological applications, I don't know. I mean, the core competency is, is always going to, that's what the Hyperloop is. Okay. You know, I've ever, a lot of people I know on the Hyperloop TT have spun off and have, are doing other things. It's, uh, for most of them, it's not a full-time endeavor. They do other stuff. They start their own companies and whatnot. But it definitely brings us back together. And there's more people joining now. I've, I was just uh, speaking with some new Spanish members as well as some French members and welcoming them on board wow. and just saying, hey, I've been here since 2014. It's great. You're going to love it. And so it's all good. Yeah, fantastic. So what's next for you in the Hyperloop? Where, 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 I mean, over the next couple of years, where do you see it going? Yeah, I think, well, you know, like I said, we've signed the Dubai uh, agreements and paperwork and Andreas is leading that effort. This pandemic is obviously, it's different. It's kind of an asymmetric issue that's come at us. But I know that uh, the Europeans are probably just as effective uh, working from home as we are in North America. So I think we're going to start seeing the tubes and, and the concrete being poured in Dubai, Abu Dubai here within the next year, two, three, something like that, I hope. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's logistics at this point. Right. Everybody wants it. Everybody, you know, it's like when they built Disneyland in Southern California in the 1950s. My mother went there, I think, not on opening day, but soon. But, you know, they knew about it a year, two, three before it opened. Everybody right. was like clamoring to get in. So I think it's it's at that phase right now. It's like, hey, Disneyland's going to open. Hey. <laughs> the Great Lakes Project, it, a lot of anticipation there. Uh, a lot of people very optimistic. People that, you know, came out of steel in North America, seeing the old auto industry uh, kind of, you know, get sunsetted are now seeing a sunrise. And so I think there's a time of optimism and uh, a lot of people being very open and saying, God, this is great. This is, you know, we've wanted this for 20 years and, and revitalization, if you will, both in Europe and in North America, the Midwest and up into Toronto, that uh, area. So I'm very optimistic. And uh, I think my role now is to be kind of an ambassador for the Hyperloop, my efforts the Hyperloop in general, but Hyperloop TT, uh, being a team member there. But a lot of so, um, what am I? I'm an um, influencer at this point. Uh, yeah. A lot of what I do is social media influencing and helping people out. If there's something they need, I usually do. I use LinkedIn quite readily. And okay. that's how you and I met, obviously. But, you know, connecting a lot of people together that probably could help this collaboration move that much faster. So that's where I see I'm at. Awesome. So yep. if people want to get in touch with you, I guess is LinkedIn is the best way? Please. <laughs> uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. All my in contact information is there. And, you know, I think you and I'll be talking about stuff. But uh, uh, LinkedIn is the, probably the best way to reach me right now. Uh, if you're not local to Southern California, if you are, 
my mobile numbers there on my LinkedIn profile, as well as my email address, newhousinggroup at gmail.com. Uh, please send me a line. I run a homestay business, which is like a, a pension. Okay. And right now, obviously, it's shut down. But uh, if you'd like to come out and stay with us in Southern California and pick, pick awesome. oranges right off the trees and have them for breakfast, you're more than welcome. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, Paul, this is fantastic. Thank you for coming on today and educating us. I mean, I love yep. learning about new technology. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to following the Hyperloop project and see how it evolves. Definitely, Ken. Yeah, and I appreciate you having me on. Thanks, Paul.